uh, go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Archimedes built to the dial. That could change the course of history. With this, we will have our victory. It's not yours. You stole it. Then you stole it. And then I stole it. Get back. Gotta get there first. I can't do that! You wanna stop for a little lie down? Kill him now! Turn left! Turn left! Can listen to me? No, I ain't no change here! Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Ready PG-13. Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side as always in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. Welcome back. On this episode of Planet 8, your intrepid crew is going to take a deep dive discussing the Indiana Jones films. Straight away, let's kick it up to the satellite. Karen, why don't you ease us into this discussion? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> so Indiana Jones. So now we've got five movies. Five. Some people might not want to admit we have five movies, but we do have five <laughs> movies in the Indiana Jones series. And we'll Been be talking all of them in the last uh, about week and a half. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've done that drinking the Kool-Aid real quick. Um and we yeah, we'll be we'll talking we'll be talking very specifically, giving our review of the new Indiana Jones 
and the Dial of Destiny. I do think they could have given it a better title, but even so, we'll be talking about it uh, in some detail later on. But but right up uh, right up first, we'll be just kind of given some ideas about it. And I remember when this first came out, when Raiders and it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. There, was, there was no, just like this crap about Star Wars and New Hope, it was no New Hope, and it was no Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was just Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, I remember when it was when it came out, I was like, what the heck is this? And I almost didn't go see it, because I it just was like, what? And Harrison Ford cut his hair back then. That was a big thing. I was like, what? He cut his hair. It looks weird. Everybody said, no, 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 you should go see it. It's really amazing, all these stunts and all this stuff. And I said, okay. Um, and yeah, it was really impressive, right? It, it moved along at a fast clip. It was like the old serials. That was the intent, right? To, to take the old serials from the 1930s, but do it in a modern way and, and do a nice homage, but you know, do it with uh, the great filmmaking techniques that that we have today. So Lucas had the original idea, you know, Lucas, I mean, he has all the ideas, but he doesn't always maybe implement them great, but then he knew Spielberg and Spielberg being an excellent director was able to, to kind of bring a lot of that to life. Um, and yeah, just general impressions. I think of that film, I mean, that film is like a perfect movie. There's what would you cut out of that movie or what would you change? Nothing, you know, it's just like an A plus film, uh, from beginning to end. And uh, yeah, I have no criticisms of that. And that's the problem with it, right? Is Raiders is so good. Every sequel that comes after is measured against it. And how can you, how can you compete with that film? Agreed. Agreed. Hmm? Yeah. I, uh, like I said, I binged my way through in the last week and a half. I hadn't watched any of these movies probably in <sighs> 10 years. I mean, mm. it's been a while and uh, I forgot how how fun really, I mean, they're all fun in their own yeah. way, but it's, yeah, I forgot how much fun. And one thing I noticed that I never noticed before when I was watching Raiders of the Lost Ark on my nice, nice big HD TV is uh, there's one scene where Indy comes up on the mountainside with the, rocket launcher on his shoulder and Belloc is down in the ravine and he looks up and he has this big speech for Indiana Jones. And if you watch when they have a close up of him, if you watch very closely, a fly lands on his chin. And as he's talking, it slowly crawls up and goes in his mouth. Yes. And he doesn't miss a beat and he doesn't <laughs> and there's no edit where he like, you know, spit it out or anything. He just keeps going. And yeah, I fly, you know, and it's like, I saw it and I go and Debbie was watching with me. I'm like, did you see that? And she's like, what? I go, look. And I like scan back. Look, there's a fly on his chin. Watch. It's going to go in his, and it goes in his mouth. It's like, Oh my God. So yeah, it was a, yeah. Kind of reminded me of Crystal Skull in the end when the one guy falls into the the pile of, of the big, you know, red ants and they're all covering him up and they all go crawling in his mouth and stuff. Mm -hmm. This was like not an effect. This was like a real fly on his chin that really went in his mouth. And it's like, yikes. Well, it was funny because I was reading some making of stuff 
And the actor said he was like so into it. He did not feel or realize anything was going on. But Spielberg was like, yeah, I just saw it go right in his mouth. He's like, I'm pretty sure he ate that fly and he had no idea <laughs> he was eating it. He was so into the scene. But yeah, that is weird when you watch it. And, this, and then you, you like do a double take like, did he did that just go in there? And yep, right. yeah, sure did. It's fun to look back and, you know, we have to give credit to, to John Williams, of course, for oh, yeah. know, the music to, to Raiders of the Lost Ark and throughout uh, all, almost all of the films. I mean, they've used the cues throughout. But, you know, this movie came out in what, 1980, 1981? 80, 81. 81. So Star Wars was 77. Empire was 1980, right? Or did Empire so, come out in 82? 80. 80. So. 80. Yeah, you know, Harrison Ford, uh, what was the um, Mosquito Coast? He tried to do like a serious film. There was, um, you know, some other movies that he he had yet, you know, filmed Return of the Jedi and stuff. Tom Selleck at one point in time was going to get the role. Right. Locked into Magnum P.I. And, and they wouldn't let him go. Well, you know, Lucas was afraid that he was going to get connected to Harrison Ford. He said the same way that Scorsese was connected to Robert De Niro. He was like, he didn't want to be like, oh, I've got my guy that I put into everything. But, you know, Harrison Ford is perfect for that yeah, role. Absolutely. You got a good guy, you know, just stick with him. Yeah. Nakira Kurosawa and Toshiro Mifune. Mm -hmm. but yes. you, know, you, can, you can pick any director, actor, but... Uh, but yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, if Tom Selleck got that role, do you think we'd really have five movies? No, we, we'd have Quigley yeah. Down Under. Or one and done, right? <laughs> Roman we'd have Romancing the Stone too. Yeah, it's, it's, again, like all the pieces came into place perfectly on this film, right? Mm. Or like the other thing, some of the other, you've got so many great actors in this um, Sulla, who's played by uh, Jonathan Reese davies right? Such a great actor. Love him mm -hmm. in so many different movies. Uh, Originally, they envisioned that character very differently as a very small man. And they were going to offer it to Danny DeVito. And, and, but he was locked into Taxi. And, and somehow, you know, it came back Thank to... Thank God for some of these TV shows. Right. Because <laughs> Sulla is like one of the, the you know he, he doesn't appear in temple of doom but he's like in everything else and he's Hello, such a indy. Great character. indy my friend um so you know, yeah. you know he reminds me of i'll bet you there's a little influence in there hmm. was pasha peddler from johnny quest <laughs> and he was the one that was <clears throat> he was like haji's buddy and uh yeah he was almost the exact same character Interesting. Singing and everything else. So, so, yeah, he was. And they, they may have both taken that from some of these 1940s movies, you know, Casablanca and all these other films, right? They may right. have both pulled from the same, the same source. But uh, yeah, so many things like fell into place because they couldn't get the actors they wanted in the first place, but they got so much better. I mean, Danny DeVito might have been good too but <laughs> you know, destiny it was all destiny <laughs> it, it really seems like it was you know 
Karen Allen was another great oh, yeah. choice. And I mean, I can't imagine the movie without her. Such a gritty, just beautiful, you know, actor, you know, spot on the comedy, the action, the adventure. Um, just a great, great cast. I can't say enough good things. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Walker, it's it's a perfect movie. And you know, where do you go from there? Well, you go to the Temple of Doom. <laughs> um, well, I hadn't seen, that was the one I hadn't seen probably the longest. May, well, it might be in a tie with Crystal Skull. Um, but, you know, it was much a much better film than I remembered. I think that it gets a lot of flack because it's, the dark entry in the Indiana Jones films. It's, I mean, it, it really goes into a dark place. You've got, you know, the uh, pulling the heart out of the chest, the children enslaved, all this kind of stuff, which I think a lot of people after the first film, they weren't expecting that, you know, and they're kind of like taken aback. And I think that whole thing threw a lot of people off. Well, it, it was set to get a rated R, a ra- R rating, Right. And well, think and about it. What's that? It was done before. I mean, look at Star Wars and Empire. Yeah. And that's they say that's what Lucas was going for. He kind of wanted a, you know, oh, the second one should be darker. And because well, they were planning like way three. overboard, though, I mean, in my <laughs> opinion, I was like, and the thing is, it started so lighthearted at the club Obi-Wan and the dun 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 dun, mm-hmm. dun the little dance number and, you know, the little comedy of the, poison and the 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 antidote and uh, you know hold on to your potatoes dr jones and uh, you know um i don't know and then we're eating chilled monkey brains and well i mean it did to to bob's point it created the pg-13 because they right right it it clearly yeah it wasn't the pg but it they didn't want the hard r so they even you know even even short round lightened it up i'll tell you man that kid Kid's gonna win an Oscar someday. I'm telling you. <laughs> but I think between that and then I think um, Kate Capshaw's character of Willie was a little bit grating for some people. Hmm. Um, you know, it just—I think it's an entry in the the series that not everybody's going to enjoy. You know, it's there's certain elements, but then there's also a lot of really cool stuff because if you just go with the darkness, you know, Indy's on this quest, he's got to go out, up against some really evil dudes. You got the, the mine train chase, which was fun and was something that was supposed to be in Raiders. Mm-hmm. It was a set piece designed for Raiders when they were out in the desert digging up sites, they were going to do this mine train chase. And they're like, we can't, fit this in so they fit it into um temple of doom so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of cool stuff in there if you go back and watch it but you know i think you have to be in the right mood to to go watch it oh for sure for sure it's not a bad movie it's just it's it's not the original and i think going into it i was thinking oh Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. and 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 it wasn't. And I think it's aged well. Um, I enjoyed it a lot more prepping for the podcast than yeah, I remember uh, back when it first came out. Um, 
Yeah, it was, it, you know, it was interesting. Uh, one of the things, uh, too, is Indy got his sword fight. The sword fight was going to be in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Harrison Ford had, you know, some stomach issues. and and uh and it's a great scene in Raiders where he, the guy's like and he just pulls out the gun and, um you know he, he he saves the kids he gets the girl I mean isn't that you know mm-hmm. uh, it, it was just unfortunate that Karen Allen um wasn't in this you know Marion uh Sala you know certainly I missed mm-hmm. um but you know, it's it, it's an okay film, and yeah, it has the distinction of getting the first PG thirteen rating, and created that whole system for um, for movies that weren't quite PG but weren't quite R. Yeah, so I hadn't seen it since it came out in theater, and it's like I would read online, oh, Temple of Doom, it sucks, it's like the worst, and ah, oh, so bad, and so when I watched it as part of my binge for this episode i thought yeah that's really not that bad you know it's it is what it is i guess i don't know maybe people, people were so shocked that uh that it wasn't indiana jones but i yeah. think after you know we have the benefit of having gone through the crystal skull and so we can say oh, it's not that bad <laughs> Well, even Crystal Skull, which I literally finished watching like five minutes before we record here, <laughs> wasn't that bad. I mean, it was okay. I mean, I, yeah, that happens more often than we care to admit. To. <laughs> um, Luckily, I had the day off today. You guys are lucky. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I enjoyed the the film, and I, I think it has aged well. Um, what was a lot of oh and there were no nazis in this um film nazi so, free yeah it was nazi free well um, it was set before it, raiders too that's another thing i was gonna say it was set before raiders of the lost ark which was kind of interesting um any last minute thoughts on this otherwise we're going to transition into crusade uh no i think yeah okay it is what it is, and it was what it was. And enjoy it with some monkey brains. <laughs> um, okay, so Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. What could have been more fun than having Short Round bringing Indiana Jones's father into the picture? There's a beautiful scene, and I just, you know, Saul is like, Indy, Indy. Indiana's the name of the dog. Oh, he got the biggest laugh. <laughs> a lot of good memories about that dog. Junior. 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 Um, it's like every movie, he's got like a different, like in the first one, he's Indy. The second one, he's Dr. Jones. Yeah. Short rounds like, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. And this one, he's Junior. Junior. So, <laughs> Junior. Um, you know, not to break the the podcast but there there's this movie um called gargoyles it was made for tv oh it's such a great movie yeah i did that and a friend uh watched it recently and i'm like oh i can't watch that movie because afterwards for days i'm always saying diana (laughs) diana it's the way that the gargoyle pronounces but anyway sean connery saying 
Junior. Junior. Uh, I'll be doing that for days now. Um, <laughs> what a wonderful, I, I thought, and, and you know, the last crusade, it was going to be the last, you know, Indiana Jones movie. Um, you know, they did these things like Star Wars and Star Trek every three or four years. You'd have, mm-hmm. you know, the, the next film come out. And they were usually trilogies, you know, on occasion you'd get like a fourth film or something like that. Um, I enjoyed this. Not as much as the first one, but I enjoyed it. Um, you always have solid villains with Nazis and there were Nazis galore in this one. Um, there was a young Indiana Jones in the beginning of the film and you kind of learn how he got his scratch on his cheek and his fear of snakes and, you know, the use of a whip. Um, and it was played by uh, River Phoenix, who uh, you know, unfortunately passed away uh, after the filming of, of uh, Last Crusade. But uh, just a, a solid, fun popcorn movie for me. Um, Sean Connery just did such a great job and you know Sala came back and and it, it was just you know fun for me i i really enjoy last crusade what yeah. say you all oh yeah i mean it's i think most people i was i was a little bit surprised in reading people's thoughts that some people put last crusade ahead of raiders now i I would not go that uh, far. Like just behind, close, but yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Don't get me it wrong. I, I enjoy it, and I, and Sean Connery, everything you brought up, Larry, I agree with a hundred percent. And um, I think it's uh, that you know they thank God they went with the concept they went with. It's interesting to kind of read about like the evolution of these things and like. Lucas always seems to like, he'll come up with these ideas for more like the MacGuffin and then Spielberg kind of comes up with more of the touchy feely stuff. And I guess originally Lucas was like, well, I want to have a, uh, a haunted castle, like a Scottish haunted castle. And Spielberg was like, I just did poltergeist, man. I don't want to do, <laughs> I don't do that. So then Lucas was like, uh, what about the Holy Grail? And he's like, uh, I don't know. And then Spielberg was like, well, I want to do like a father-son thing. What if we found Indiana's father? And so then, you know, the synthesis of these ideas comes together and we get this really rich motion picture. And um, again, like the casting, right? You know, they were like, well, who the only person who could be Indiana Jones's father is James Bond. You know, it's like it just makes sense. And, And Connery was delighted to do it. And he he pulls it off. He's got like such a twinkle in his eye the whole time that he's yeah. doing it. Well, I mean, the thing I'll say about Connery, especially in this movie, is whenever you see Sean Connery in a movie, he always plays Sean Connery. <laughs> that's pretty much, that's it. But in this movie, he wasn't Sean Connery. He actually was a different character playing Indiana Jones' father. He could have played it off as Sean Connery, mm-hmm. but yeah, yes, he still had the accent, whatever. But um, I thought he did a great job. I thought, you know, that was some of his best acting right there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's such a charming, um, you know, father, uh, you know, to Indiana Jones. And, you know, there's a part in the movie with, with uh, River Phoenix, and he's like, calm down, you know, count backwards in Greek or whatever. And he's like, um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think this was, 
1989? Yes. 1989? Sorry, 89? Okay. All right. So like I said, you know, you had two, three, four years and then, you know, the sequel. And so this was going to be the last hurrah. And um, one of the things that I think was so clever with the Indiana Jones films was there was adventure and always just a little bit of like comedy. And it's not like Three Stooge comedy, which I love the Stooges, but it was just that like, ha ha, you know, kind of at one point in time, the young uh, woman in this film was like, oh, you know, Dr. Jones. And they're both like, yes. And it's like, <laughs> oh, wait a minute, dad, what's going on? Well, one of the best lines was uh, when, you know, they had been captured and, you know, uh, India's like saying, well, you know, she's, she's a Nazi. And he goes, oh, I know she's a Nazi. And he was like, well, how do you know? And he, he's like, well, she talks in her sleep. And, and yeah, that was improvised by Connery on the set and it like floored everybody. And, they, and Spielberg's like, we're going to keep that one. You know, and just because well, they have the other line too, where she's talking about, you know, having sex or whatever and just saying, you know, that was the best night of my life. And Connery's like, oh, thank you. You know, <laughs> and then they kind of both look at him. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they, they do a nice job of mixing in humor with the action and the other thing is and sort of this gets to i guess maybe some people's complaints about the new film and even like crystal skull but i think it's they mix just a little fantasy in each movie right you know it's like it's an action adventure film with a little bit of magic or a little bit of fantasy you know just enough that it's like you don't become maybe overwhelmed but you know, I mean, he does go into a tomb and find the Holy Grail, and it does have some ability to like heal people. Or, you know, he chose he chose badly. Chose wisely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like so, you know, just enough. Um, so well, it doesn't yeah, know it does, You know, it's like I see movies, whether it's this or Excalibur or whatever, where the Holy Grail is like a main part of the film. And it's hard for me because I always go back to Monty Python. So I cannot take a story about a grail seriously ever, but that's just me. I, I use this in my, I have used this line in my life to just, you know, not obsess and not, you know, there are points in your life when you have to let it go, boy. And to me, it was like, you know, his father, his entire life was dedicated to the grail and Indy's about to like fall in, you know, and I I can get it dead. Henry or uh, the first time he calls him Indiana, Indiana, let it go. Right. Let it go. And I'm like, so I'll be trying to get that Comic-Con special edition. (laughs) It's $500. Let it go, boy. (laughs) But that was the beauty of it, right? It was like the the artifacts and all that stuff. They don't really matter. What matters is the relationships, right? You know, the love and all that stuff, all the gooey stuff, right? That's the important thing. Yeah. But see, my Monty Python is so ingrained in me. I just can't let it go. (laughs) 
Well, I, I tell you, I, I am a softy and uh, I'll, I'll let you know when we get to the dial of destiny, uh, what parts the managers oh came out. And yeah, so uh, another quick story. Bob and I are fortunate that we both live close to each other. Unfortunately, Karen's up in the satellite. We don't see her. But every three or five years, yeah. uh, Bob and I had lunch. And I, I gave him a hug. You know, just we don't see each other as often as we used to. And and. You, you, you guys see me at a convention or at a show. I'll be down at Comic-Con in San Diego. Come up and give me a big hug. You can tell me afterwards that you listen to the podcast, but uh, nine times out of 10, I'll give you a hug or body slam me, depending on how you're coming at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but seriously, uh, good, good film. Good. Just good acting all around. Um, and everybody rides off into the sunset. And everybody rides off into the sunset. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Uh, or, or so we thought. Because you know what? It had been so long. Yeah. What year was uh it was 89, 89, right? Okay. That was uh Last Crusade was 89. So then we go into the future <laughs> to 2008. 2008. So 19 years, kids. A lot of people had not even been born when the previous one was was out. And then we have, Larry, what's the next one? Indiana Jones and the Crystal King, the Kingdom. Kingdom of the Crystal, the crystal skull. skull. Yes, Larry just blew that. Or as, I like to call it, or as I like to call it, Indiana Jones in space. <laughs> the B movie. Um, all the aliens and the UFO and this this is the know. one that Spielberg resisted for a very long time and then eventually gave in. I I I like this a lot more now than I did then. And uh one of the things that I really enjoy is when you know the soldiers come up and they pull up the guns and he's with this friend and says, put your hands down, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the other scene that I liked at the time I thought was kind of hokey, but to escape the nuclear blast, the bomb, Indy hides in a refrigerator and survives. This is where we get nuking the fridge from. <laughs> this is where you need Mythbusters. <laughs> Never mind, every bone in his body would be broken. Well, this is where we kind of transition because. Like in the first film right. and the other two films, Indy could get hurt. And he frequently did get hurt. He got banged up a lot. He got beat the F up, as the kids say. But starting in Crystal Skull, yeah, he could get in a refrigerator and get shot hundreds of yards by a nuclear blast and open the door and walk out. And that's sort of, you know, the last hey, two that thing like bounces and rolls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. And, and Dr. Jones, he was working with the military in this film. So did he help defeat the Nazis? And that's why we got into the... Uh, uh. But did you catch the name of the general? Mm, no. No. It's General Ross. Huh. <laughs> really? That's yeah. interesting. Calls of General Ross. I'm like, ah. Ah, here we go. It's going to show up here pretty soon. <laughs> Too funny. 
Um, in this one, we're introduced to his son. Um, was that a good idea or a not so good idea? Um, well, but but touching on General Ross for just one second. Oh yeah, I just saw of another connection. Mm-hmm. In the new Captain America with Sam Wilson's Captain America. Who is going to play General Ross in that movie? Harrison Ford. Harrison yeah. Ford. That's, yeah, that's what I Foretelling. Think. Interesting. But going on to his son. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think, I think it's interesting that as they age Indy, or as Harrison Ford ages or whatever, you know, you start out in the 30s, you know, by this, by Crystal Skull, now you're in the 50s. You know, we get to, you know, we'll talk about uh, Dial of Destiny, but, you know, that's 70s. So, you know, the decades are changing. You see how Indiana Jones basically relates to different times and generations. And, you know, you make a good point. And I remember going into this film, saw it in Alameda. They have a very nice theater in Alameda. And, um, I went into it thinking I'm, I'm visiting an old uncle who I haven't seen for a while, right? Because it had been a number of years since the last crusade. And I think what really hurt this is that the last crusade was such a good movie. And yes. you have fond memories of that. Mm-hmm. And this is not that story. And, and I left without the fond memory of my uncle who I haven't seen in years. And I, I kind of remembered that he would get drunk, pass out on the couch and fall apart. <laughs> uh. Well, you know, when this came have- out, <laughs> yeah. um, when this came out, it's funny to me now to think about this, but I remember I was vehemently opposed to Indiana Jones having anything to do with like UFOs, aliens, anything like that. I remember that. And I find it really funny now. I was like, why was I so upset about that? Um, And admittedly, I think I might have seen the movie. I don't know if I even saw the movie like once since I saw it in the theaters. So when I watched it this last week before we did the the, uh, podcast, um, it was really mystifying to me why I got so uptight about that. Cause it was sort of like, yeah, you know, every, every movie, every film in this series has been around some sort of artifact and there's been some sort of weird thing. And, you know, whether it's science or magic or whatever, it kind of doesn't matter. Right. So I, I look back on that, you know, what was it 15 years ago, and I'm really like, why did I, you know, go? I went in with a negative attitude when I went to see it because I was just like, this is wrong. Shouldn't be doing it. End of story. Uh, I enjoyed it much more this time around. Um, it It's over long. There's a lot of stuff they could probably. It, it, it's like starts really well with with his, you know, story and the the Russians coming in and something's going on and he's trying to figure out what's happening and the kid shows up and it's like, oh, that's really good. But it kind of goes Looney Tunes when they get like into the rainforest and all this stuff happening. People are swinging from vines and it's just like, okay, this is a little, 
it goes off the rails a little bit for me at that point. Um, but I don't hate it. I don't hate this film. I, it's just not, you know, if you compared it to the other three, it's, it's still down at the bottom, but there's still pretty good things in there, you know, and I like seeing Karen Allen again. Oh yeah. Um, you know, but it's, yeah, it's definitely, uh, if they tightened up the final act a little bit, I think it would be much better. Much better. Well, I mean, you have to remember too, that it's still based on the old movie serials. And what happened in old movie serials is like, there'd be a cliffhanger at the end. And then the next episode, you know, you, you like, you see him going off the cliff in a car and the next episode they had jumped out just before they hit the cliff or, you know, all these really wild hair raising things that happen. And, you know, to, to drag you back to the movie theater the next week, it's the same with Indiana Jones. except we have, much more advanced effects and things. So they're able to do much bigger stunts and be, you know, but back in the day, it was all big overblown stuff, which is basically Indiana Jones. It's all big overblown stuff put into a, into a nonstop action movie. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention, you know, you'd watch James Bond or John Wick or whatever mission impossible They've all got that stuff in them. How the hell does Tom Cruise survive any of those Mission Impossible movies? How the hell does Keanu Reeves get shot 500 times in a John Wick movie and he's still running around fighting? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you just have to throw logic out the window and just, I'm going to enjoy this movie. You know? You're a better person than I because that really, I, I, the, the last John Wick movie, I mean, even the, the last Charlie's Angel movie, I was having trouble with it because, look, if I'm watching like, you know, uh, Shazam or Spider Man, okay, these are meta humans that are doing, you know, whatever. But if, I don't know if it's a movie that's kind of grounded in reality, and, mm -hmm. uh, and that's just me. I, you know, I'm I'm right with you. You know, in the first John Wick movie, he fell like two stories out of a window, and now he's falling like 15 stories through a glass. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know. Anyway, let's not poo poo on John Wick, but that that's good that you can kind of remove yourself from that, Bob. Um, well, keep in mind all the movies I grew up with, man. Hong Kong Kung Fu films and stuff. I mean, that's just all part of the movie. Yeah. How many times can you get beat up and still come back at the end to prove that your Kung Fu is better than their Japanese karate? Even those Kung Fu movies. I mean, you know, a Bruce Lee movie as opposed to a movie of, you know, the, the seven deadly cranes, you're, you're going to be like, ah, oh, okay. I don't know. Just to me, it, it's a different kind of movie. And even with the Bourne movie, we should probably do an action adventure podcast. <laughs> I don't want to take away from Indiana Jones. And and um, but anyway, so so we all agree uh, the skull crystal skull was was pretty good, fun, nice to have our uncle farting on the couch again, uh, and then move the dial. And, unless there's any last comments no one really said anything about shia okay what um, is there to say well um i think that's just a kind of another example of not being able to sub to separate 
the actor from his character. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was fine in the movie. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. A lot know of people much. just don't like him as an actor. Now, recently, Debbie and Michael and I were binging our way through the Transformer movie so that we went and saw the new one. And, you know, he's in the first couple. Hmm. So I'm, you know, it's like, all right, man, whatever. You know, he's and Wick Wiki. <laughs> Wick Wiki. But um, yeah, I mean, so I don't know. I was just seeing him in this. Yeah, I can accept it. Sometimes it's like, I don't know, you know, whether it's him or, or uh, Tom Cruise or Mel Gibson or whatever. It's like, yeah, whatever, you know. To me, Shia, real life, but you know, as long as they do a good job acting and a likable character, then with that, like like you were saying about Sean Connery, Shia plays Shia. He doesn't really act to me. You take the character in Holes, the character in the Transformers, the kid in Indiana Jones. It's Shia. He he's <laughs> not acting, and and so you know he's not a bad kid or anything like that but he just i don't know didn't really add to the story this story for me well he's no ezra miller that right <laughs> that guy has dimension and depth did i say dementia dimension <laughs> anyway uh, uh well yeah yeah you would really have to separating him from his character to enjoy it it's almost like trying to watch the old Bill Cosby show. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Can you really, it's kind of going to the extreme. I have not seen The Flash yet, so I, can't. I haven't I seen not. it. Either. I've, I've seen it five times. The other <laughs> um, what? <laughs> Batman's in it. Probably, probably go see it after the podcast. Uh, Adam West. Have a good time. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but Adam West might be in it. <laughs> if you can tell from the really terrible CGI, but that's well, just if you haven't hurt. seen the movie. You, I mean, you, they could read that they're farting. Well, anyway, enough with the farts. So much farts. Something's going on here. <laughs> I'm glad I'm going to be for dinner tonight. So on that note, let's kick it over to the destiny of dial or the dial of destiny. destiny. SoCAC and his dyslexic podcast mates will <laughs> decipher what, anyway. Um, what'd you think of the, the Dial of Destiny, Bob? I enjoyed it a lot. Did, did you go into it thinking he's too old? The, the franchise is just... Well, I like I told you guys, they did a hell of a lot better job <laughs> in action than Picard did. Yeah. And, you know, Patrick Stewart, Harrison Ford, they're roughly the same age, right? Mm-hmm. Both around 80. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, Harrison Ford had probably had better stunt people and better makeup and better whatever. But, you know, and, you know, he did have certain parts where he's like climbing up that rock face and talking about how his back hurts. You didn't have to drink the blood of Cali. So, you know, he, uh, he admits he's old, but you know, he's still taking part in all that action and doing what he, you know, 
in, in real life, he's too, got, I mean, he's, he's dating Calista Flockhart. He's crashed a plane <laughs> and walked away from it. I mean, he's, yeah, right? Of what do you that's, that's sort of his charm, right? He's sort of a, I don't give a shit kind of guy. And, right. and that's, talk about just being, you know, whoever you are as the actor. I always feel like, especially with Indy, I always feel like, a lot of like 90% of Harrison Ford goes into Indy, you know, like he's just like a very no nonsense, take it or leave it kind of guy. And I, I absolutely love Mark Hamill's impersonations of Harrison Ford because it really is the, I don't give a shit version. Right. I don't know. He, yeah. he just, he we'll just really doesn't, about. you know, but, but even with that, he's, I don't mean that he's not a dedicated performer or artist. I think he really is focused on his work, like, and he cares about, um, like, Indy, I think he really does care about, and he wants to do a good job. But, oh, yeah. like, he's going to, like, this is how I interpret it. This is the way I'm going to do it, and, you know, screw off. But that's well, just... But whether it's a successful movie or a not-so-successful movie, there are no apologies. And right. kind of takes the accolades. It's almost embarrassing to him in in some of the interviews that, you know, he's he's had over the years. But he, he has fun. I mean, you throw Chewbacca jokes at him on talk shows and he runs with it, you know? And um, I, He's one of my favorite actors. Uh, you know, he, all the movies that he's done, I, I've really enjoyed, except for Cowboys versus Aliens, but that's a whole nother. <laughs> I think that's a big part of his appeal with people is that there's a genuineness that people appreciate, you know, from him and from the character. And even though, you know, like Indy's very tired, like older and maybe not able to do as much. And I think that could also be part of the divide in the reviews that I've seen is that maybe some of us who are a little bit older now appreciate that honesty about like, yeah, I'm not able to do as much. And maybe some of the younger folks are kind of like, oh, you know, this is not as appealing. Look at this old guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Look, I, one of my favorite lines, I can't think of the name of the film, and I mentioned this before with Schwarzenegger, and he's a sheriff and he falls through the roof or something like that. Or is it, Sheriff, how do you feel? I feel old. <laughs> I, I, you know, I wake up, my, and I'm not like 80, but Jesus, I feel like 80 sometimes. It's like, why is my ear ringing? Why does my hip hurt? Why am I drawing myself with the towel? My back goes up. So this version of Indiana Jones and the way that Harrison Ford portrays Indy at this age, I think you're right, Walker. It's Harrison Ford at this age. And, you know, people and things piss him off. You know, everyone's talking about the moon landing and he can give two shits about the moon landing. And, you know, well, they, even, they even have a scene early in the film where, you know, the Nazis are like leading him off and then he suddenly... Like in the in the his earlier days, the earlier oh, yeah, the uh, he'll, him, he'll right. punch one and sock the other one yeah. and elbow another, and so he goes to sock one and they just like pull him back and keep mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Oh, okay, that doesn't work anymore. But I I, I do want to say kudos to the to the de aging crew or the deep fake that crew was a really good job, especially if you yeah. sit there and compare it to what they did with Peter Cushing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that was like Fine. one of the earlier de-aging things. And, or, well, he was, I guess he was another actor made to look like yeah. uh, Peter Cushing. But um, even some of the other de-aging stuff. Well, Luke and, and Mandalorian, I thought, was fantastic. I mean, you know, we talked about how shitty the CGI was in, in the, the, what was the mummy movie with the rock and the scorpion oh, king? Yeah, that's got to be rock. They've come like a long way. And I will say, you know, to make it a comparison, de-aging Harrison Ford looked good, but not as good as Gollum in, in The Lord of the Rings. I mean, that was 100% CGI with Andy Serkis playing the Gollum character, but by God, it was good, uh, good de-aging in this film. In my home. They, they had to de-age Gollum? <laughs> no, no. They had to create Gollum from, well, actually they did. I can't say. Point. Like I say, I watched I watched Lord of the Rings th- once through and wished I had all those hours of my life back. Oh. Well, it's okay. And those yeah. were not the director's cuts either. Those were the, um, the movie cuts. You, Paul, but, but, yeah, that, that beginning sequence where they're back in 1944, yeah. Um, was really good. It was a little on the dark side. I feel it, like they do this with a lot of CGI to help hide any issues. Um, but that was a really nice sequence. It was really nice to have young Indy at the beginning there. And, you know, he's back and he's with his buddies. We've got another sidekick and we get to see, you know, Indy against Nazis is always fun, right? And uh, yeah, I really but it, enjoyed But that it wasn't story. only Indy that they de-aged. They did they also de aged uh, Mads Mickelson, who played Dr. Mm. Good point. Yeah. You also played? Well, he was in Rogue One. In he Casino was... Royale. Yeah. He's been in a lot of things. But um, I loved him in Casino Royale. So I was really glad to see him in this. But they killed him, supposedly, killed him off early. And I thought, oh, man, what a waste. And then luckily he came back. So I do wonder why he didn't have at least some sort of scar or something. I mean, he, the dude gets whacked pretty hard in the head. Probably should have died. off a train and into a ravine or whatever. And Yeah. A little surprised that there was no indication of injury. Pull the John but Wick on us. We'll, we'll suspend our disbelief. <laughs> I found it amusing that he was sort of a um, stand-in for... Werner von Braun, um, who I think more and more people are realizing that, yeah, he was a Nazi. My brother is going to hate me saying that, but it's true. Um, He was part of the whole Operation Paperclip when they brought Nazis over to work on our space uh, program. So Rockets. Yeah, rockets. We need rockets. Rockets (laughs) to the moon. So uh, that was an interesting little take on it. But I think um, one part that was kind of most enjoyable for me was uh, when Indy was in peril and suddenly Sala shows up, mm-hmm. saves nice him, runs him over to the cab and off they go. And uh, I was just, cause I had no, I, I went into this movie with, I had no clue what was going to happen in this movie. Yeah, I was trying to. He showed up. It it was like, all right, this is this is very cool. But Mm -hmm. I was very sad when he told Indy he had his passport. He's ready for adventure. He's ready to go, and then he can't. 
Yeah. Indiana tells him to stay behind, you know, but. And he's got that big family to take care of. Yeah. You know, yeah, he comes back at the end, but I mean, Mm -hmm. it would have been fun to see him at least get a little adventure in. Well, well, go ahead, Walker. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Lord. It was good enough for me to hear him. Give him hell. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, soup. Sorry. I was the only one clapping in the theater at that point. I just about jumped up. There's a meme of Shatner like clapping hysterically. Everyone in the theater, get down! I can't see. <laughs> but yeah, follow was good. Um, what do you guys think of Wombat? Wombat. Somebody was talking about her earlier today, and. Uh, saying that they don't want to see her in another movie. But, um, I mean, I agree she was good in this. I don't know if she could carry the series going forward on yeah. her. I just don't think she's that strong a character or that strong an actress. But for what she was in this film, she she was good. Yeah, I would agree with Bob. I I know she's this actress has been in a bunch of things, including... Fleabag, which people have recommended to me, but I haven't seen yet. Um, I thought she was fine. I I don't see her character as being a leading character in something. I just don't feel like she's necessarily that interesting. I I mean, I feel like people are wanting to like, oh, hand the reins over to somebody. It's like, no, Indiana Jones is Indiana Jones. And can we just let it end? I mean, I think this is an issue that I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but um, I have heard some people say some things that I do think are correct in that, like, Indiana Jones is a character that was created back in the early 80s, and we, we, people of a certain age, like us sitting here, and I'm sure a lot of people watching or listening, um, we grew up with that character in the 80s, but for, like, the 20-year-olds or the 15-year-olds, where are their new characters, right? They need brand new franchises, new things, totally unrelated to the stuff we grew up with. That's where you get Fast and the Furious. Yeah, I guess that's one thing they have, right? So that kind of stuff. I mean, just let Indiana Jones finally go into the sunset. And we don't need to take any characters from Indiana Jones and try to spin them off. It's just, it's done and that's okay. That being yeah, said, I was reading today that the director John Wick was saying he wasn't sure whether or not there would be a John Wick five. I'm like, how the hell is a John Wick five? He's dead. He died in four. He's done. So why is it there and even say I don't based know. in reality? Hey, after Planet, what was it? Beneath the Planet of the Apes, the Earth was exploded, but we still got the next escape from the Planet of the Apes. So yeah. if, if there's money, if they think there's money, they'll they'll find a way to do it. Um, but getting back to um, Helena, uh, I thought she was okay as a character. I think, you know, it was hard at first to like her because she seemed to be only driven by money, right? She wanted to sell the, the uh, what, Antikythera, whatever it oh, is. Yeah. Um, but then you could see that, like, she was really a person who was looking for that adult figure in her life, you know, like her dad had been obsessed with this thing and not really there for her. And then Indy, even though he was her godfather, had not really been there for her either. So she was kind of a a person who was missing that 
that part of her life, you know. So I think they they made her by the end. Certainly, she was a much more likable character. I I agree, and I, I like the like I said, you know, they didn't hold back on how old. Indiana Jones is, you know, they, the new villains tried to abduct him and he's going to try to punch him and they just kind of smacked him and put a, you know, cover over his head and throw him in a, in a truck. And, you know, he, he got his knocks in though. I mean, he, he could fight, he could still drive, he could still, you well, know, he's still of... smart. That's the thing, right? You know, he was still smart. And uh, Harrison Ford said in some interview that he always viewed Indy as an academic first and an adventurer second, right? Um, which I thought was interesting. He, he, go ahead, Bob, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, speaking of that in this film, if you look at the early films, how he gets from place to place, it's almost an accident. You know, he gets captured and then he winds up somewhere else or, you know, he does something and it puts him somewhere else. In this movie, this was more how it should have been, where he's following clues mm -hmm. and he's taking mm -hmm. those clues and going to the next step. And le he's leading the way rather than being led by circumstance. Yeah. Unfortunately, the villains are right behind him every time he finds <laughs> That's the whole idea, going all the way back to the first movie. Belloc was like, whenever Indiana Jones would get something, you take it away. Belloc was yeah. always right there to take it yeah. away. So, you know, that's sort of the Indiana Jones tradition. Yeah. The destiny in Indiana Jones. One of the things that I kept asking is, you know, I, I can appreciate Wombat and then the little kid in the casino that's helping her, her little uh, short round, if you will. Where's uh, Indy Jr.? Where, where's Shia? And, the, you know, that wasn't man tears, but it was a very poignant part where he was explaining that his son died in the war and why, you know, he enlisted to, no, he enlisted to piss me off. And well, it's kind of interesting the way they led into that too, because, yeah. you know, he's asked if you went back in time, what would you change? And his answer without missing a beat was I would tell my son not to enlist. Yeah. Cause you're going to die. Yeah. And it, it showed that, you know, Indiana Jones had regret. I mean, in the beginning, they put, puts the covers, uh, Marion's picture and there's divorce papers and, you know, the, the relationship that was meant to be, but never could, um, you know, for, for various reasons. And um, yeah, I just, you know, that kind of like tugged on the heartstrings for me, you know, what would you do? I, I tell them don't enlist. Um, but, you know, getting back to him, figuring things out, I mean, he knew that when they got the map with the crescent moon and all that, you know, you got to, it's heavier than wooden wax. So let's go ahead and melt the wax. And then there's the real map and then all this other kind of stuff. But getting back to what Walker had said earlier, he's climbing, or maybe it was you, Bob, climbing that mountain. I'm like, what are you doing? Thinking, what the hell am I doing climbing this rock? <laughs> no. It, it, it's just this interesting, you know, because I think when you're of a certain age, like I said, you don't have to be like 80 or pushing 100, but you just, this reminds me of the one time we went um, geocaching walker. Oh, God. Like, yes. like, oh, let's go, get the, let's go get the cache. And we took off our shoes and our socks and we 
this water well, rocks and mist. For, we we didn't have to take our shoes and socks off to go out to this thing. <laughs> right. It was in the estuary, but then the tide came in. That's right. Then we were waiting, and it was like, yeah, it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> but anyway. in my in my real life, <laughs> I do AV installs, and it's like. You know, so I I feel like Indiana Jones sometimes. It's like you, know, you climb a ladder so many times during the day, and it's like you know, by the twentieth time you're climbing that ladder. It's like the hell am I doing? You know, it's like I could I could do that in my younger days, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, at all. This film also reminded me of Wrath of Khan. Which I know we all love because that is also about getting older. Now, Kirk was, I think, supposed to be turning 50, so not quite. I, he I was at, ancient. Well, yeah. Back, <laughs> back then, I thought he was ancient. Now I'm like, jeepers, not that old. Um, but again, that feeling of like, oh my God, I'm getting older. I can't do what I used to do. Am I really that useful anymore? Blah, 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 blah. You know, and. Seeing that, you know, hey, you still have something to contribute. You're still valuable. You still, and especially at the end, I, and I know I'm kind of skipping here, but, um, you know, you can kind of see like Indy's just sort of withdrawn. He's become his most cantankerous self. And when, uh, and I loved, it was very pragmatic of how uh, Helena got him back. She did it the same way Indy would have basically knocking him out. Um, but, you know, he's sort of like, she's like, I had to bring you back and you're needed or whatever. And he's like, yeah, by who? Right. So he doesn't even realize the value he has to the people around him. He doesn't even think that the people around him care. And then everybody, it was very, even though this wasn't a Spielberg movie, I thought that ending was very Spielbergian. You right. know, and that everybody shows up and it was like, oh, OK. Well, that's kind of my theory on life, too. It's like if you retire. And you're like, OK, I'm retired now. I don't have to work. I'm going to sit in this chair all day and watch TV and read the paper or look at social media, whatever. And so, yeah, those are the ones that decline faster, mm-hmm. go downhill faster, die at right. age. And it's the ones that, okay, now I'm retired. I'm going to travel. I'm going to pursue this hobby. I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to stay active and do things. And you have to, those are the ones that just keep on going. Right. True. Very true. Um, so remember kids, if you learn <laughs> anything from this podcast, well, I, I love the ending. And, you know, I, I, we could talk about, you know, finding the the other piece to the dial and, and you know, going through the fissure and back in time. And I, I it didn't bother me a bit. I know yeah. some people thought it was over the top, but it's like he's found the Holy Grail, the Ark. Uh, he's done uh, UFOs. I don't care. But it was it was great. It was a great. Well, he found the other half of himself. Hey, oh, very well said. Wow. Very nice. Wow. Dial as a metaphor. Very well said. Yeah, very, very nice. Yeah. So. And and the fact that he wanted to stay there is like, yeah, there, you know, there, there's no one left. You know? Well, what is my purpose now? Mm-hmm. 
And let's just, you know, you have to ask Indy, you know, how many goddamn time travel films have you seen? (laughs) (laughs) You can't stay back here. Exactly. He even tells him you're going to screw everything up if you stay back here. But I, I love the way that he just, he wakes up, he's in his bed, he's bandaged up, and he's like, oh. <laughs> you know? And, and this is where the man tears popped mm-hmm. up. There were a few woman tears, too, I'll tell you. Glad to hear. Glad to hear. You know, my eyes were as dry as can be. Ah, he's just the hard (laughs) case. He's still the maintaining. (laughs) Wombat brings back Marion. And and that scene, you know, that they have, well, you know, what doesn't hurt? Here. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just lost. I was just like... And then when it ended again, standing up, standing ovation, like <laughs> there were there were people clapping in my audience too. I was surprised. It, it was this was the first time an Indiana Jones movie ended where I was like, please let there be another uh, since Raiders of the Lost Ark because I did want to see more Indiana Jones after Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you know it. I think it's a good way. I hope they end the series here. Yes. Yeah. It, it's a good ending. I think. That's a wrap. Call it good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, you know, if I, if I had to rank it, I, I wouldn't give it, this is not a, a plus movie for me. There were a few things that kind of dragged on like the scene with the carts in Morocco or wherever it was and some other stuff. But I mean, it's at least a solid B for me. I would put it ahead of maybe, maybe neck and neck with Temple of Doom, maybe a little above Temple of Doom. But it's a, I thought it was a really good movie. And I was shocked how many bad reviews it was getting because, and, it's, and a lot of the bad reviews were like, oh, it's a depressing downer. It's a this, that. I was like, no, it's a happy movie at the end. He comes back. He, reconnects with people he realizes you know that he still has a life and you know maybe it's because i don't pay attention to critics anymore but i didn't really see too much negativity people on the internet talking about the film people who did not had not seen it was making they would be making fun of Mm -hmm. people who liked it or making fun of the movie just based on it being an old guy in a movie kind of right but Everyone who's seen it on the internet seemed to all really like it. Well, you know, I avoided the reviews and everything. I didn't read anything before I, I saw it. I looked at stuff afterwards. And yeah, it's, it's a lot of the people, the people who are the so-called professional critics are all dumping on it. But a lot of the just regular folks seem to really enjoy it. They're comparing it to the failure of The Flash. The Flash was not a failure. If you haven't seen the film, don't make any comments on it. You know? Well, that's the, well that was the whole story this morning when I was looking at social media was the fact that Indiana Jones was crashing hard at the box office. And I, unfortunately, it's like people start making box office predictions before the movies even come mm-hmm. out. And it's like, well, how do you know? how bad or good this thing's going to do at the box office. Cause some stuff 
it'll start slow and then there's word of mouth and then it right. grows and then it actually does well. Other things just, you know, they start off big the first weekend or two and then just slide right off the cliff. So well, and, and they take, they cost so damn much. To I was just going to yeah. say it's budget yeah. is going to hurt it because it's almost $300 million budget on this thing. Like How Star is it? Wars was what, like seven or 8 million. Right. Like, the, right. The original yeah. Raiders was just under $20 million. Now, even if you take, you know, the, the dollar and inflation or whatever, I mean, it's still not going to equal a $300 million movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there weren't as many theaters back then. And, you know, gas was 25 cents and, you know, we can, <laughs> but and you can see is, it for like 70 cents. Yeah. Well, you know, and popcorn was only a dollar, but w- what I think is going to happen is just with all the films that we watched, the Indiana Jones films, five, 10 years, this is going to be a lot. I think this is going to age very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, if, if you're of a certain age or, or you're more of a gamer than a movie person and this didn't, you know, interest you or, you know, maybe, you know, I think what what hurts these later films is that they're 5, 10, 15 years after the last one. And maybe yeah. Indiana Jones is out there in the Internet and there are memes, but without having that investment in the character you're going to come into it kind of like, mm. yeah. Well then too, what hurts a lot of movies now is the people that say, well, I'll wait till it comes out on streaming. Right. Yeah. yeah there's that too. Because they I'll know wait until I can watch it in my living room. Right. Disney will probably turn this around in less than three months and put it on streaming the way they've been doing most of the films. So, well, and there's another aspect, you know, the merchandising. I mean, there's Indiana Jones underwear, there's tiki mugs now, Indiana Jones tiki mugs, Indiana Jones. They're going to make a ton of money on the merchandising and they're going to continue to merchandise the hell out of that character. I mean, yeah, there's but there's also, it's also, also like overseas box office. Yeah. I, I like know. Pacific Rim, it bombed here, but it did huge in China, which made it worth making a sequel. Yeah. But, you know, and a lot of films, it's like, why did that film get a sequel? It was a bomb. But, well, no, it did really well in Europe or it did mm-hmm. really well in Asia or somewhere else that it made a bunch of money. So, well, I, I will say that if if you listen to this and you hadn't seen the movie, I feel sorry because we spoiled <laughs> the heck out of it for you. Well, that's sort of the tradition. <laughs> if you're going to come in this thing, having not seen a movie and expect not to be spoiled, well. Yeah, but but if, if if you haven't seen it, go see it. You're gonna have a good time. <laughs> You'll still enjoy it, even though and you know see everything that's going to happen. Too. The Flash is a good movie. Don't uh, let I'll go tell see you it's not. After, yeah. Although I might wait until it comes to streaming. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I never watched Pacific Rim Part Two, so we're good. Um, any last thoughts about? The Dial of Destiny or Indiana Jones in general, my friends. I think after this last binge, I may revisit those movies more often in the future. Hmm. There you go. That's a good that's a good compliment, actually. It's the classic American hero and maybe a dying breed, the the rugged individualist. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Enjoyed the films a lot. And again, I, I like how um, they they let him age and he couldn't do all the things that he did. And he had to think more rather than punch more. 
in this one, which which was good. Um, and again, thanks you could to probably John. beat up Picard in a fight. What's that? You could probably beat up Picard in a fight. Well, if they both didn't get out of breath before uh, <laughs> crossing the ring, but yeah. Who would win in a poker game? Hmm. Or chess? Or chill out. Yeah, yeah Jones was the chess dude. So. Who, who could blow up the 80 candles on a cake? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Picard has the android lungs now, so he probably... <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, next well, they'll make they'll make Indian android. And then, you know. <sighs> what else do we have to do, Larry? Well, next is our Sensor sweep. Oh boy. Um, do we have things to share? Oh, you bet we do. All right. Well, let's let's let Bob kick it off. Okay. Um, yeah, I was putting posters and postcards out for our shows coming up. I was too. Plug plug. And <laughs> of course, I'd hit certain comic shops and certain things would fly off the shelves at me. So I was at one and Diamond put out a Legends series of busts. They make like a, a thousand busts or whatever. Bob likes a good bust. Yeah, I'm a bus man. <laughs> so uh, first one I found at uh, one of the comic shops and there's no way I could turn down <clears throat> a bust of... The Iron Giant. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yes. Even has Hogarth on his, uh, on his shoulder. Very uh, cool. I got, and these are like limited to, you know, I can't remember. I got postcards inside. <clears throat> Let's say it's like, you know, number one, you know, whatever of a thousand. But mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't matter to me. It's still, you know, number 892 looks just as good as number one, right? So. Once it's out of the box and packaging and it's up on the shelf, well, it looks great. So I got that one. I thought, okay, that's cool. And then I was at another comic shop putting out more postcards and posters and the same series of Diamond Legends busts. Yet this one had, I'm going to just pretend like he's coming out of the ocean here. Godzilla. (laughs) If you know me, you obviously know I ain't gonna I ain't gonna pass up a Godzilla. So I got an Iron Giant bust and a Godzilla bust, and uh, I was a happy. Let them fight. Let them fight. So other than that, um, personal life. uh, I was up at the Poulter Mansion uh, a few days ago, shooting an episode of Creature Features. So that will be on air courtesy of their app and YouTube and Vimeo and all those places on July 22nd. And that was like, we, we actually had to do some time travel because July 22nd is the Saturday of our Ultraman show. Ah. So I couldn't sit there and go, yeah, we've got this Ultraman show coming up. 
I, you know, we just made up this whole thing where, you know, I'm sorry if I'm ruining an illusion here, but kind of made up a whole thing where it's like, I, I left the show. I came up there to shoot that. I'm going back there the next day. So everybody go to bed early, get your sleep and come out to the show tomorrow kind of thing. So uh, that was fun. And then a couple of days from now, uh, I'm going to be recording an episode of uh, Kaiju Transmissions. Go out with those guys and talk about the shows. And uh, probably next week, next month will be collect all monsters. But um, yeah, so trying to just plug the shows and get things going. And uh, of course, go to bayareafilmevents.com and you can look all these shows up that we're talking about. But uh, I won't bore you once again with all the details, but uh, yeah, we'll see. They're, they're on the site. Yeah, excellent. And uh, Walker. Well, this is something that I think I got back at the end of May. Oh, of course, it's falling over now. Uh-huh. And had up on my forth. had on my Twitter. Ooh. This is my Luke Skywalker from the Mandalorian Hot Toys figure, which I waited nearly two years for <laughs> and was really starting to sweat it and wondering when it was going to come in. So very pleased to get this uh, 12-inch figure. He has a little baby Yoda that he's holding. And uh, back. I, really, back. I sort of had decided to stop getting any hot toys a few years ago, but when I saw him on The Mandalorian and then they advertised that, I was like, oh, oh I can't. Must have. The temptation is too great. Yeah, it was too strong. So that's about the only actually large purchase, fan type purchase I've made in the last few years. But it's it's a very nice figure. Oh, I tell you, Kevin D'Antonio has a box waiting for me at his house. That uh, it's something special. I should have it maybe by the next podcast. I'll share it. Nice. Um, you, Larry. Well, you know, I, I wanted to, before I get into the stuff, I've been watching a Script Invasion. I don't know if you guys are watching that. Script Invasion? A secret. Secret. Oh. Yes. Yes, we have. I, saw a, I fell asleep in the second episode, so <laughs> I haven't seen all of it. It's doubtful we'll have that coming up on Planet 8. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying it so far. I am too, surprisingly. Um, so we'll see where it goes. They're making they're making some interesting choices. Um, this is one of the last comic series that I read before I got out of comics. So we'll we'll see how this goes. I'm also watching Strange New Worlds, and you know it's a real roller coaster ride for me. Yeah. Uh, the first episode just—it was uh, bad. Second episode was a little bit better for me and and fun to watch. And then this this third episode of the second season, there's pieces of it I like, but overall, I'm wondering, is this even Star Trek? You know, this was like the American Godzilla movie with Matthew Broderick. You didn't have to call it Godzilla. You oh. called it Beast of you know, 50,000 fathoms or, you know, whatever. It didn't have to be called Godzilla. 
they don't have to call these episodes Star Trek. And and maybe I'm just such an old fogey. You know, I, I spend a large portion of my day trying to figure out the eugenic wars and, and, you know, it was originally in the nineties and now it's in the twenties. And, but then, you know, the enterprise had never heard of Khan, but now there's a con serving on the And everybody's heard of it. Yeah. It really doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm not, I'm not the Star Trek purist that you guys are. So I can kind of enjoy it for what it is. Well, that's good. I mean, Spock is like crying every five minutes. And I know. Yeah, it's just, there's a lot of stuff that. Well, I'll tell you, if you want to binge something fun, there's a couple of things I've been binging that uh, are both on Netflix. One was the Skull Island cartoon, which is surprisingly pretty good. Okay, I'll have to check that out. And then I just started watching about three or four episodes into the 12 that's up, but um, is the third season of the animated Ultraman, which the third season is really good so far. So I would recommend both of those. Okay. If you're into your cartoons. Check that out. Um, I do want to have a, a, a shout out in the vernacular of today's youth. Doc Strange on Twitter. Bless you, brother. Sent, uh, for those of you watching the podcast, you can see it's called a book called Heroes of Horror. Um, For those of you not watching the podcast on YouTube, you should. Um, He also sent me a back issue of the Savage Sword of Conan. And again, the cover art is being shown on YouTube. Uh, on the audio, you just have to take my word for it. <laughs> also, 1941, The Shadow. Uh, he sent me a ton of comic books as well. Oh, I don't know. Billy. Uh, Billy's a very nice guy. He is on his show awesome. several times. Yeah. So if you're on Twitter, seek out Doc Strange. He's so cool. Um, purchases uh, have been... Uh, kind of on the smaller side. Um, Disaster Movies soundtrack collection, The Poseidon Adventure, The Towering Inferno, and Earthquake. These are limited releases from La La Land Records. So if you go to La La Land, I I don't know if they still have these on there, but this was limited to 5,000 copies. It has soundtrack for all three movies. For those of you on YouTube, here's the front cover... Back cover, it's just basically movie posters, and the CDs are in this wonderful little box uh, set. There's also a, a three-CD release of Bram Stoker's Dracula, and this is the um, music composed by, I'm going to butcher this, Wojish Pilar. And uh, again, La La Land Records, this was a limited edition of 3,000 units. And this past Father's Day, my father, God rest his soul, was a huge fan of Popeye Doyle and the <laughs> um, the French Connection films. And by golly, La La Land! Uh, again, those of you on uh, on YouTube, there's the uh, the CD uh, release, the French Collection uh, soundtrack for the first film. The second film, and Bob and Karen, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there was a Popeye Doyle TV series in the 80s. Ah. 
And um, it, it was, um, uh, oh God, uh, Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy himself played Popeye Doyle. Wow. A version of Popeye Doyle. If you guys go to YouTube and just type in uh, Ed O'Neill, Popeye Doyle, it'll it'll show you some video clips. And it is something that you just need to watch in your life. It's you know, very- here's something we didn't touch on, and this brings us back full circle. Yes. Wasn't there, see, I'm, I'm remembering it, but I didn't have time to go down the rabbit hole. Young Indiana Jones. Yeah, 1992. Oh, yes. Which we didn't touch on. And I didn't, I didn't want to touch on it just because I have just vague recollections of it even existing. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, wasn't that his, was that his son or was that? What that was, was, it was Indy. Oh, okay. When he was a kid. And in one episode, Harrison Ford did do a guest spot where they were kind of jumping in time from the teenage indie to the uh, middle-aged Indian. And uh, Hmm. like you, Bob, I vaguely remember. I didn't watch every single episode religiously, but that does exist as well. So, uh, hello, Cadet Campbell. Campbell, he was crying at me for the last five minutes, so I decided to pick him up. For those of you on YouTube, you're going to see this cutie patootie. (laughs) Uh, Those of you on the audio podcast may or may not hear him. Um, Well, and and so that's all the stuff that I have. Um, You guys, this was an enjoyable podcast as always. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Campbell. Always a pleasure, Um, sir. Yes, Everyone out there listening, keep downloading the podcast on Podbean. Keep subscribing on YouTube and commenting on all the social media platforms. Share the podcast with your friends. Um, check out the Bay Area film events. Yours truly will be at Comic Con in a few weeks. We'll try to get our. Uh, we will get our uh, July twenty second podcast recorded before I head out there. Oh yes. What's that? Oh, yes, we will. Oh, yeah, darn tootin'. If you're at Comic-Con... Maybe we'll do a remote from Comic-Con, Karen, and I'll crash the party. <laughs> hey, sounds good to me. Uh, if you're at Comic-Con, message me on, on social media. I'd love to say hello, and I'll have some backpacks with me. I'll be passing out for Planet 8 and some stickers and magnets and uh, all kinds of good stuff. So this brings... This podcast to a close. We thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Peace out. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planet8podcast.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet8 signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end.